Welcome back to another episode of the Ramen Rundown. I know, I know, I haven't uploaded since December. Your boy's been going through a lot, been doing a lot of things. Your boy's taking care of that now, and he's back on the air. And hopefully, hopefully, I'll be able to upload more consistently. And by that, I mean at least once a month for this year. That's my New Year's resolution. But today, I got something really special for you guys. Honestly, I'm very scared. Because for the first time, I'm going to be doing a solo cast, meaning no guests, no script, honestly, no preparation with this. This is more of a freestyle. I've been thinking a lot in the last couple of months, and I want to share those thoughts with you guys and see if you guys can take anything away from them. Um, so it's going to be more of a top of the head, top of the head type stuff. Uh, just go, I guess some rambling, but I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, the first thing I wanted to touch on was the Kobe Bryant passing because I've been thinking about that a lot in the last, you know, two weeks that it's been since then. And I don't want, I don't mean to bring it up because I feel like you guys have definitely heard a lot about it and you've had your, you know, your, mar- your moments of mourning and now you're past that. But I think it's always good to reflect on situations like this. And I... Honestly, a lot of people just talk about Kobe Bryant as a player, as a, as a, as a teammate, um, his basketball accomplishments. Obviously, he's very accomplished in that regard. He's a five-time NBA champ, MVP caliber player, scoring champ a couple years. I just, I just wanted to touch on his approach off the court more than on the court as a father, as a motivator, as an inspiration to everybody in my generation basically uh his mama mentality is something that i want to carry on for the rest of my life i want that i want him to live through me with that i want to you know carry that on in every endeavor and every relationship everything i have to go through because honestly it's an it's an amazing way to live um and the, why, the reason I bring up Kobe Bryant is because it also shares a lot of commonalities with this book I'm reading, uh, American Sniper. You guys have definitely heard of Chris Kyle, the most decorated sniper in U.S. history. Over 160 confirmed kills. Uh, he had a movie uh, made, made after him, and he tragically got murdered in 2013. And so I finally just got to reading his book seven years later. And I think it's very, um, it's very interesting to see his take on a lot of the things that he went through and his mentality. And I found a lot of similarities between Chris Kyle and Kobe Bryant. I know it sounds weird, but uh, I just, honestly, I felt like they think and react the same in a lot of high pressure situations. Well, I'll get to, I'll get to that later, but I have a couple of points of uh, content or just a couple of profound points I've been thinking about over the last couple weeks with, you know, me reading this book and the passing of Kobe Bryant. And the first is pretty cliche, but it's just the fragility of life. Um, Obviously, I think Kobe Bryant is the epitome of, you know, making the largest impact you can in the time that you're given. And like I said, it's more than what he's done on the court. On the court, he's inspired us with his greatness, with his uh, endurance, his resilience, tearing his Achilles, coming back even stronger, dropping 60 in his last game. Like I said, five-time NBA champ. I think I respect more, though, 
is the stuff that he's done off the court. Making a documentary, writing a book, helping athletes along the way, um, being a great father to his, all of his daughters. Every, everything that he's done, it's so much. It's a culmination of all of that. He's making the most out of his life. And obviously, it's, he, has, he didn't know he was going to be taken away this early. But, and that's the beauty of it. His time, he still had so much time to live, but he decided not to, not to lay off. He wanted to keep going at it, keep fulfilling his purpose, his drive. That fire was still burning inside of him. A lot of athletes, a lot of people, when they retired, they, they decided to take a step back and reflect on things, which is very respectable and it's very common. And I think a lot of people should do that. But Kobe Bryant was an exception. When he retired, he ended up doing more for this world than he, he could have done on the court. Just blows my mind in so many different ways. So the, the thing I was thinking about was I wanted to make the same, not the same level of impact, but just to continue that drive, that journey. You know, once you've reached the peak, it's not over. There's more, there's more to climb. There's more people you can touch, influence. Um, and Kobe and uh, Chris Kyle really demonstrate that. Chris uh, tragically, you know, got murdered in 2013. But after, even after he came back from deployment, he was such an icon in, um, in our society. And so that was the first thing I wanted to talk about, just making the most out of your life on and off the court inside the discipline that you decide to work in, outside, as, as a colleague, as a student, as a worker, as a teammate, uh, son, father, daughter, relative, whatever your roles that you fulfill may be, just maxing that out. And these two guys have really embodied what it meant to live a fulfilling life. And the second thing I learned from both of these guys is that preparation is everything. You know, the devil is in the details. Uh, before, before just reflecting on this, all this stuff that's been happening, I was a guy that tried to wing a lot of things, um, just hope and wish that luck would carry me past the finish line. But just looking back on Kobe, Brian, at least specifically him, he's really taught me that battles won long before than it long before it's actually fought all the studying that he's had to do all that work in the gym just everything getting his mind right getting his body right eating right working out daily exercising all parts of his personality mind and body he's taught me that i need to prepare for everything important in my life i can't leave anything up to luck you know, you control, destiny is in your hands, right? And a lot of people have this external locus of control where they believe that their preparation won't make a difference in the outcome. But you know, that's, such a, that's such a bad fallacy. Um, luck is a residue of design. The more you prepare for something, the more likely you're going to put yourself in a position to get lucky. And therefore, the luckier you will be. So I'm trying to adopt this mantra of preparing for everything I find important, you know, even though in my head, I might not think that my work 
will directly contribute to the success I garner or I achieve. I know that somehow, some way, I'm gonna put myself in better positions to get lucky, better positions to succeed, to come out victorious if I put in that work before, you know? And I try to, I try to look at everything in a broad scope because I feel like doing that um, minimizes the level of stress the, uh, I, and pressure I feel when I'm doing something important. But Kobe and Chris have both taught me that the devil is in the details. Everything is about the details. Although it's good to look at things from a macro perspective, the details are probably the most important thing in anything you do. Simple, something as simple as you know, sweeping the floor, playing a sport, it's all about the foundation, nailing those down. You don't have to be the most talented guy in the world. But if you do the simple things better than the person next to you, you will be more successful. Simple as that. And then the third thing I learned from both these guys is to just stay even keel, you know, level-headed, uh, unreactive, just really calm. The thing that I wish I had that Kobe had was his unreactivity. He's been in so many moments of high leverage same thing with Chris Kyle, so many life or death moments. And the most, the key component to surviving that and coming out stronger for, that, for it is to just slow down your thinking and, and just be calm. Don't let the pressure get to you. And that's the type of approach I want to have going forward. I'm the type of person who stresses, about, stresses a lot about um, a lot of things. I try not to show it for the sake of the people around me. I don't want people to worry about me. So I try, to, I try to hide it, but I'm still stressing inside about a lot of things. But these two guys have really, you know, told me to, shown me, you know, what it's like to slow it down. You know, if you've done the preparation, there's nothing to worry about. You've, you control the controllables and let the uncontrollables fall where they may. You have no impact over the uncontrollables. You know, you don't know what the weather's gonna be tomorrow, but, you can what you can do is to stay stay calm adapt to the changes as they may be and you know keep going and that's and that's something that i've adopted from them and something that i've just been thinking about a lot recently um and so if you if you haven't uh watched kobe bryant play or watched the kobe bryant documentary or even read American Sniper or watched American Sniper. They're both, they're all amazing resources. I've learned so much from them. And I hope that you guys can go check them out because it's really gonna like change the way I view things going forward. It, at first, you know, the mama mentality thing was kind of a joke between me and my friend Simran. Uh, <laughs> we, we both play tennis. So we like to say that we have our mama mentality moments, the moments that we lock in um, and you know, just everything is focused on the ball and the person you know, on the other side of you. But I hope that you know I, I can make Mamba mentality a lifestyle rather than just a couple moments. You know, um, you are what you repeatedly do. So hopefully, I can embody the Mamba mentality, lifestyle, you know, all that preparation, focus on the details, the level-headedness, staying even keel. Um, staying unemotional unless it, emotions should be called on. Uh, I, I'm going to try to live that way from now on. Um, on to a more lighthearted thing. 
I started picking up reading again. American Sniper is probably the first book I've been reading since the summer, so six, five, six months. I just had a couple excess of time now because it started the second semester. I'm trying to figure out how to be productive, um, how to keep enhancing my mind, uh, changing my outlook on everything. So I've started to pick up reading, and honestly, it's just, it means, it means the world to me. Reading really does take you to another place, and if, I recommend everybody do it. It's, a lot of people won't do it because they feel like they can't find the time in their day to sit down and really just read a book. And I felt the same way, so I understand. But it's, it's really doable. You just need 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes, and it really distresses you. It's, it's like the same effect that meditation does. It really makes you focus on what's on the page. Everything else kind of turns to gray, and it's just you going on an adventure with a character or you learning more about a certain topic, a certain event. There's always something you can take away from reading. There's nothing, there's no such thing as unproductive reading. So with that, I want to uh, just share some thoughts about some of my favorite books. I made, I wrote down here the top three books I've read in my 18 year life. So the first one, number three is The Iliad by Homer. And I really just love this book because I have a great uh, interest in the field of mythology, especially Greek mythology. Uh, I grew up on it, you know, with the Percy Jackson and everything. And the Iliad has all these defining characters, all these heroes with their own arcs. Achilles, Ajax, Hector, Paris, Odysseus. And you put all those heroes in the same book, in the same setting, fighting the same war. It just blew my mind, honestly. For a lot of people, it's really boring, but for me, it was... It was really interesting just seeing how they all interacted with each other and how they have to deal with each other's egos, strategy. Yeah, and the thing I really respect about the Iliad, it's it's not actually, it's a misnomer. A lot of people, when they think of the Iliad, they think of it's a story about the Trojan War. But to be honest with you, it's, it's really not. It's not an epic about the Trojan War. Just think thinking about it logically it starts nine years into the war and it ends before the trojan war even ends there's no trojan horse mentioned in the iliad achilles hasn't even died yet troy hasn't fallen so what is i spent a lot of time thinking about what is the iliad actually about if it's not about the trojan war and you know i've done some research and i think i've come to the conclusion that the trojan war the iliad is actually about the rage of achilles because the literal in the Greek, the Greek transcript, the first, literally the first word in the story is "menin." Menin means rage in Greek, and the first line is "menin Achilleos," or "sing muse of the rage of Peleus' son Achilles." And that just got me thinking about how we've completely missed that point. The Iliad, everybody thinks of as a Trojan War, all these brilliant feats by Odysseus, Ajax. It really is just a story of Achilles and his emotions. It starts off with Achilles being very angry that Agamemnon took his girl. And it ends with Achilles learning to forgive. Achilles kills Hector and Priam asks for Hector back. 
and Achilles finally learns to let go of that rage and have some respect for his enemy. And I just found that really, really interesting how a lot of people just miss the point of the Iliad. They think it's uh, a story about Troy, and I did too for the longest time, but it actually is more of an emotional journey of uh, the protagonist, which is Achilles. The second book that has influenced me the most is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And you guys have probably heard me talk about this a lot because I, I just loved it so much. I read it the first semester of senior year, and it's, it was very inspirational. And the best part about it is it's simple storytelling. It does nothing too fancy, doesn't throw out all these poetic, flowery lines, doesn't do any of that to you. The story really sells itself. Uh, to give you an idea of what it's about without spoiling it, yeah, but. You have a shepherd named Santiago who spent most of his life just going around herding goats or whatever. And he gets a dream telling him that there's an adventure waiting for him at the pyramids. So he, 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 he's like, screw it, fuck it, I'm gonna sell all my goats. He goes to the pyramids. He learns so much about life. He gets betrayed. He loses a lot of shit. He goes through this whole hero journey hero's journey and i felt like i was going along with it and i can't really reveal much without spoiling it but it really did simplify simplify my view of um, this world and it's really inspirational it's really short it's like 200 pages the alchemist by paulo coelho it's definitely it's definitely a must read um i've learned so much from it so many lines are just impactful and like I said, the beauty is in its simplicity. So if, if you're somebody who doesn't like reading complex things, you can definitely take away something from The Alchemist. And the first, probably the most influential book I've ever had to read is A Lesson Before Dying by Ernest Gaines. And I know a lot of you people are gonna think I'm weird for le reading classic, classic American literature. It's a really boring genre. Honestly, to me it is. But this book is definitely a diamond in the rust. The main plot, there is an African-American man, Jefferson. The book setting happens in the 1800s. So you have racism and all of that. He gets wrongfully accused of murder. And he's put, on he's put on a death sentence, basically. And the only way for him to get off that sentence, his lawyer tried something completely different. He tried to convince the jury that Jefferson is basically an animal without human without any thought he's really incompetent he tries to sell him as basically not being a person and that's the only way that jefferson can try to get off in court obviously it, jur the jury's racist uh, it doesn't work jefferson gets to death sentence and basically as he's sitting in jail he's thinking about he starts to believe things that his lawyer said about him not being a person him not being worth anything and it really hit me the most one of the most important things in your life or one of the most important ways to be successful is to just know your self-worth if if you don't believe in yourself well well who who who's gonna believe in you if you don't love yourself who's gonna love you if you don't believe you if you don't believe you're worth anything who's gonna put any worth in you so it's all starts internally and the book is just an amazing reflection of how people are the most dangerous enemy you know your mind 
is probably one of the only things that's holding you back in your life. And you just got to learn to live with it and control it. I feel like there's always two enemies that you're trying to fight. The man across from you and the man inside of you. And Tony Romo said, you know, as soon as you control the man inside of you, the man across from you doesn't really matter. I, I definitely believe that. And this is a prime example. Knowing your self-worth, your pride, no matter what, no matter all the bad things you've done, all the good things you've done, knowing what you're worth is something that you definitely have to carry with you for the rest of your life. And that's one of the points that's just what makes a lesson before dying even more beautiful. It's a subject not, that not a lot of people talk about because it's very, very emotional. Uh, not a lot of books like to go into such depth and I just found it to be an amazing read. It's also not too hard in terms of language. The diction is, is pretty straightforward. And like I said with The Alchemist, the story really sells itself. It's definitely a must read. I hope you guys will get the chance to read that before you die. So A Lesson Before Dying, Ernest Gaines, has really influenced the way I've, I've seen myself at least, knowing that a lot of people go through the ebbs and flows, ups and downs, and just betting on yourself, knowing yourself throughout the process is probably the most important thing to, you know, surviving. You, know, you get thrown in the deep end, you got to learn how to swim. And that starts with an internal belief. Back with the Mamba mentality and the American Sniper, they all believed in themselves and that's what got them there. So that's some, a lesson before dying. It kind of essentially teaches me something along the lines of that. And, and just... You know, coming off the top of my head, I wanted to talk about um, just some of the, the new things that I've been wanting to improve with myself because obviously it's 2020, it's the start of a new decade. Um, one of the goals or one of the things I'm always trying to do that I always tell myself is I want to be a better man today than I was yesterday. Always try to find ways to improve, get better. Um, so I said a lot of people don't believe in New Year's resolutions and I usually don't do anything but I guess since it's the start of the decade decade it made me really do a lot of reflection about who I was the past decade and I've made a lot of mistakes and I've come I've come to terms with that and hopefully I can I can become better with these couple of things um, the first is saying what I really mean and, you know, showing more emotion in terms of appreciation, gratitude, love to others. I guess this came up more recently because, like I said, the Kobe Bryant passing, you never know uh, how much time you actually have. So you want to make sure that you let the people around you know how much you really care for them. And uh, my IR teacher, uh, international relations teacher, pulled up a really interesting quote from Karl Marx, who said, last words are for fools who haven't said enough i don't want to live my life and then look back regretting all the things i didn't do all the things i didn't say all the people i didn't care for as much as i should and it just it's just the more i think about it i can i classify pain two types there's two types of pain in this life the pain of sacrifice and the pain of regret and i'd much rather Bear the first and the second. You know, regret something that stays with you for a long time. Um, I'd rather sacrifice my pride, my humility, my time, my love, my affection, 
rather than regretting not having sacrificed anything for somebody else or something else, whatever endeavor or relationship I'm partaking in. I really want to do it to the max. You know, express, I've always been kind of a reserved person inside. I feel like I'm, genu- I'm, gener- I'm generally open with new people I meet, but it takes a while before somebody can really crack me or know what's going on inside of my head and know how I really feel about them. So hopefully I can do a better job of um, just just that, being a being better expressor of myself, expressing my thoughts, kind of like what I'm doing now. I never really thought I'd be able to talk for 60 minutes by myself, but you know, here I, here I go. New year, new me, new decade, you know? Um, the second thing is, especially with coming to college, it's just being comfortable with the uncomfortable. I've been blessed. A lot of the, a lot of my life, I've got to live within the confines of um, comfort. I've never really had to stretch out of that that circle of comfort. I've had a lot of the same friends for seven, eight years, and you know, life's not like that. I guess I've I've just been really lucky, but um, especially with all these changes that are happening in my life, going to college and moving out. Uh, meeting new people, a lot of the things that you once took for granted are no longer there. So you just gotta embrace the uncomfortableness and learn to, you know, find your new home wherever you are. Um, a teacher that I had told me that college is the only time in your life where you have the most amount of freedom with the least amount of responsibility. And I really want to take advantage of that. And a lot of a lot of things in college are uncomfortable. A lot of things they have to go through. But you just have to understand that whatever you're going through, a, a million people across the world are going through the same thing. So you're never alone. You're always going to find people who are, who are dealing with the same types of issues that you are, or are trying to trying the new same types of things that you're trying to get into. So you're not you're never alone with that. And so I'm just trying to do a better job this decade of being comfortable, being more comfortable with the uncomfortable. Letting myself get exposed to new situations, new scenarios. And that kind of leads into the third main thing that I wanna change in my life this decade. And what really brought this out was Goodwill Hunting. If you haven't seen it, it's an amazing movie with Robin Williams, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. It's basically how Matt Damon and Ben Affleck became famous. And there's this one scene where Robin Williams and is talking to Matt Damon at the park. And it just made me realize that I honestly don't know anything about the world yet. I'm, I think I know stuff because I read things in books. I read things on the internet. I watch movies, follow sports, listen to music. So I feel like I have an understanding of the world. But really that scene has taught me that you can't really appreciate the beauty or the greatness of something unless you've gone through it yourself or unless you have personal experience with it. And it it really hit me, it really hit hard because I'm a huge fan of learning from others. I quote a lot of famous people like I've done in this podcast so far, books, movies, and I, I learned that even though I can definitely learn from the mistakes of other people, I'm never gonna actually appreciate the, the, the greatness of what they're saying or the meaning of what they're saying 
unless I go through this stuff myself. I need to, I need to be okay with the fact that I'm gonna make this, these same mistakes that the other people had, but hopefully I can make the right decisions coming out of those mistakes. And I should be living my, I should be living life through my own lens. And although learning from others is good, um, what they say and what they hold to be true might not reflect my world or my beliefs. So I'm just gonna do it, I'm gonna try to do a better job of knowing my truths and living by the mantras that really apply to me. And so I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna be learning from people because his, cliches, history is always doomed to repeat itself. So just being aware of these mistakes, but going back to the second point, being comfortable with the uncomfortable, I wanna start doing things that apply to me and not be so scared of failing all the time because I've seen other people fail. Failure is a part of life, but hopefully I can be more comfortable with the uncomfortable and still learn about all these things by actually experiencing it, not experiencing, experiencing vicariously. I can say I know a lot about, um, let's say sports, right? I know a lot about sports because I watch the Cowboys all the time, I watch the Raptors all the time. But when it comes down to it, how much do I actually know about teamwork, about picking up your brother that's fallen on the ground? about losing a heart-wrenching game that you've prepared all week for. How much do I actually know about that? I don't know because I've never been through it. So hopefully I can start building this resume, this portfolio of my personal experiences I can draw upon so that I won't regret not doing anything at the end of my life. Or I can, so I, I, like I said, I can just live life to the way I want it, to the extent I want to live it by. And you know, going off of that, I wanted to touch on basically the reason I made this podcast. Because um, a lot of people don't know this. I, when people ask me, why did you make the Rama Rundown? The, the main answer, I, I tell them because I don't want to really get emotional or anything. Is just because I was bored. And honestly, that, that was part of you know, the decision I made as to why I started this whole thing. But it's not the only reason why I do what I do. Um, my One of my classes in college is one of my professors said that whatever you do, you should always just know your why. And I've, I've started taking that into consideration. And it's, uh, there's, there's a couple experiences that have really sh sh uh, shined light on why I started my podcast. Um, the specific person, you know who you are, they came up to me one day and basically they said, um, I've been having a bad week, but your podcasts have honestly been one of the only bright spots uh, in, my, in my life right now. And I really appreciate all the things you do. I look up to you, everything like that. Uh, and I, I don't say that to gas my ego or anything, but it really put into perspective the impact that we can have on others. And it really changed my mind on why I liked talking to you guys and recording so much. Um, if I can make even the person, even the life of one person better through uh, my experiences I'm sharing, or even through other, other people's experiences like books, movies, music, I'm satisfied if I can just make the, the life of one person better, let alone hundreds of people. 
And so that's why hopefully, you know, I'll be better about uploading because I know the podcast means a lot to some people. Some people, you know, might like it casually and I'm fine with that. But other people might be looking forward to me uploading. And it's something I haven't really gotten, gotten used to yet, you know. People looking looking up to me. I've been look, looking up to other people in my life. And I never realized that sometimes people are doing the same thing. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really crazy to think about. You know, senior, senior year of high school. You come into high school as a freshman, no one knows who you are. Um, no one, not respects you, but no one really has, I guess no one just has a picture of what you're about. And you spend all that time in high school building a reputation, um, building uh, a lifestyle. And I, 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 guess, I guess I just never realized that other people take note of what you do on a daily basis. And um, the fact that I've been reminded that uh, there's people up there, out there that look up to me or I've changed the lives of other people through my words, my actions, whatever, my leadership, whatever you want to put it as. It's uh, it's really uh, it's really it's really just uh, something I've been thinking about recently a lot, um, and it's really what motivated me to start hopefully doing this podcast stuff again. Uh, I, I really that's and that's the reason I really want to do medicine. It's you you can make I feel like I can make a, the impact on a lot of people. Um, it's all about building a greater quality of life for the people around you, your patients, um, your family. Uh, that's why I really want to, you know, become a doctor. I get to touch the lives of so many people. And that's why I really love this podcast. Because uh, what you might, what one person might take out of it can be completely different from what another person can take from the words I'm saying. So um, I hope that you guys understand that I really enjoy doing this. Um, I'm going to try to be better about getting up, uploading, finding new perspectives to introduce to you because I really want to um, make your, guy, your guys' life better. And if even if it is just one person's life, um, it's all worth it. It's all worth it to me. So that's just something that <laughs> I don't know why I've just been randomly thinking about, um, especially just because of the new year, new me. Um, I guess the new decade stuff is just really put into perspectives a lot of a lot of the things that have been happening. Um, so hopefully, on, uh, going on to a, uh, more of a lighter note, I want I want to uh, end the episode uh, on a, a much lighter note. So along with uh, the things that I've been thinking about with Kobe Bryant, Chris Kyle, uh, New Year's resolutions. I also do a lot of daydreaming in class. I think about random shit all the time. <laughs> I have the most random conversations with my friends. And one of those conversations was one that I had yesterday. And it was just so interesting. And it's something I've never thought about before. And I, I just had to share it with you guys. Um, it's about, simply put, to simply put it, it's about the voices inside of your head. So apparently a lot of other people, <laughs> apparently a lot of people, have this voice in their head just when they're thinking and everything like in movies where you have the devil and the angel i guess you have a lot of voices in your heads i thought that was more of a metaphoric thing you know a symbolic um thing a part of the decision making process or um whatever it may be but 
I realized that I don't have a voice in my head physically. <laughs> like, it's so, it's so, I don't know how to explain it. Like, when, when I'm reading a book, I'm not internally reading it to myself. I'm, it's just, uh, to me at least, it's just a string of images being connected together. It's more of a visual imagery rather than an audio imagery. And uh, it's just something random that I just, that I, I forgot how it came up in my conversation today, um, yesterday, but it made me think about writing, um, just words in general nowadays. Uh, I had this expo essay, uh, ex- expository writing. Uh, it's politics, the English language is the name of the essay I had to read by George Orwell. And there's his, basically the argument he's making is he's saying that a lot of the wording nowadays is very flowery and the words are starting to lose their actual meaning. People start using metaphors that they actually don't know about. People start adding in five, ten adjectives that they don't really mean just to make their writing, speaking sound more poetic. And I started thinking about that, you know, more and more about how our communication has just changed over time. I wouldn't say developed because I kind of agree with Orwell. It's got a lot worse. Sometimes you can't even say what you mean because you're kind of like, you don't want, you're too scared to uh, offend people nowadays in society. It's like you're walking on eggshells. So, and the prime example that I thought of when it comes to um, people being careful with their words or people not really meaning what they say is the word but. And the thing that really got me started on this was Uh, A Game of Thrones quote, back to the quotes, (laughs) a Game of Thrones character said, nothing someone says before the word but really counts. And it just, I was so stunned that I never actually realized this. A lot of the times when I use the word but, I, I literally don't give a shit about what I'm saying before that. And I'm kind of using it as padding for the fall for what I'm gonna say after. Because usually when people use the word but, it's, uh, you have a positive, you have positive padding before the word, use but, and then here comes the actual shit, here comes the negative part. But <laughs> there are some proper uses for the word but, and um, just some, some scenarios to bring up that have not necessarily happened to me, but happened to my friends, happened to the people around me. Uh, the relationship scenario, scenario, it's like, I really like you, but I can't be with you anymore. I think getting rid of that first part, the I really like you part, because you don't mean it. You, you don't like them anymore. That's why you don't want to be with them anymore. Getting rid of that first part will make our communication so much clearer. Stop degrading the use of the word but. You're taking advantage of it. You, when you say, uh, I don't think I like you anymore, or sorry, I, I, I like you, but I can't be with you. You're kind of just diluting and making your message convoluted or giving false hope to these people in this world that you know maybe it could work out still but it really won't um prime example one of my friends he broke up with his girlfriend uh, probably a year ago and he said yeah i didn't do it like that i did not say i really like you but i can't be with you he just cut straight to the point he's like I'm not sure if, I don't think I like you anymore the way I used to. And so therefore, I don't think it's a good idea that we stay together. And I was like, 
oh my god, you're such a baller. You're such a baller for just taking that extra step and really communicating what you mean. When a lot of times in, in nowadays, people will add that extra padding. He got straight to the point and I asked him, I was genuinely curious. I was like, how did that go for you? Uh, did it make it worse that you were so blunt? Or, you know, was she even more hurt than she would have been if you added the extra padding, like, oh, you were a great person, blah, blah, blah. And, he's, and he, he honestly, he just told me, it saved a lot of pain. Just not being all stuffy with the words, all uh, nostalgic, emotional, getting to the, the, the nitty gritty of what you're trying to say is the most important thing. And not even in relationships, but in all aspects of our life. Um, just try to focus on using a positive phrase after the word but instead of a negative one. For example, I, I came up with a couple examples like, quote, that wasn't the ideal outcome, but I know we'll do better next time. Or I was totally out of my comfort zone, but I also had a really good time. The fact that these phrases are structured with the good part coming after the word but and the negative part coming before the word but you know it's more, it actually carries meaning rather than that positive flowery stuff being on like before it because our minds have started to recognize these patterns and us using the padding to, to brace for the fall. And so when somebody says something to you, a lot of, a lot of uh, positive stuff and then they use the word but, you know none of that positive stuff is fake. So try to use the positive stuff after the word but because that that enhances the meaning that really gets the point across rather than just using stuff before the word but i know and i'm really bad at this too um i've definitely used it a ton in the last week misuse the word but or tried to uh say something but i really couldn't i really couldn't hurt the other person's feelings so i try to uh beat around the bush there but it's something that we can always, it, <laughs> he's the word but again. It's something that we can always work on, you know, get better at. Uh, I think this is about it with all, all the thoughts that I, I've been having recently. Uh, I don't know if you guys stuck to the end, but fuck, I keep using the word but. I don't know why I keep doing it. But use the word but better. I hope you guys take something from this random ramble. I've been talking for what, 40 minutes now? I'm, I'm still amazed that I actually made it this far without breaking. Uh, I usually, <laughs> I know I like to talk a lot, but I, I usually have to like think about, you know, what's next. I guess it's, it's just really flown. Time's really flown when you're just talking to yourself, basically. Um, I hope that I can be, like I said, I hope that I can be better moving forward. Um, I'm gonna try to upload more often, get new people on for you guys, because I really care about you guys and really um, care about making your guys' lives better or teaching you something that you, you might not have known before. And so um, with that, I think I have some new episodes coming out soon. I've been planning some stuff with some friends in Richmond, some friends in Vegas. So like I said, getting that culmination of experiences and beliefs for you guys. And uh, hopefully, I like I said, hopefully you enjoyed this. And please give me feedback. Reach out to me. Tell me what you like about this. Tell me what you don't. I really want to make this podcast better and better every time I do it. I'm trying to, trying to reach for perfection. I'm never going to be perfect, but um, 
yeah i uh honestly this is all the thoughts that i've had since the last couple months i'm sorry that i've been gone but hopefully we're back on track again thank you for sticking out with me and have a great day guys